Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. You usually either have time or money, but never both. Oh my God, that's so (laughs) true. Asking 10 people 10 times for business has better results than asking 100 people once. Nothing says credibility more than a note that says, I just sold your neighbor's house. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hey, y'all. It's Katie. Surprise. You talked me into it. Doors are opening this week only for a quickie session of Agent Systems 101 starting May 1st. You'll still get all the Agent Systems goodness in a shortened four-week time frame, so we can all head into summer feeling in control of our business. Want to see what's included and read reviews? Just head over to agentsystems101.com. Jump in now or you'll have to wait until next session in August. And I mean it, no more are gonna sneak in here. You'll have to wait until August. So I hope to see you there. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. It's episode 142. Okay. A geo farming? Mm-hmm. Farming? What's a good farm? Like a mm-hmm. like farmer a, in the day? That's all I could think of. <laughs> Old MacDonald had a farm. Uh, wonder what that farm Alyssa was. Alyssa Jenkins had a farm. <laughs> <laughs> what? Right. What is Old MacDonald's farm? Katie farmer? has a farm with chickens. I got it all. I got it butterflies. All. Right. Yes. Flowers. And, and then right behind my house are the horses. Yeah. It's very farmy over here. I'm like a I'm like a farm in the city. Okay, but we're gonna talk about geo farming. Okay. So we have mentioned this a couple of times in the last several episodes, especially the local one, it comes up. And we keep saying, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. And we knew we were going to talk about it because we took a photo. (laughs) I can't wait for them to see this photo. (laughs) We took a photo with the pitchfork. Yeah, like American Gothic. With the angry face. Yes, your face was priceless. I mean, completely nailed it. Our uh, picture for the Instagram post for this episode. You nailed that. You'll have to go check it out if you're not following us on Instagram. Yep. You got that farmer's wife look down. (laughs) Cold. So good. Okay. So I think this is, though, a great episode to follow up on talking local. Yes. So now everyone's looking for a listing, right? Everyone's looking for these mythical, magical listings. So geo farming is one of those things that people have done forever, Mm -hmm. forever, forever. And there's no reason why you shouldn't do it now. So what, while I think some of the old school methods are not my jam and I would not recommend them like a cold calling or a door knocking, right? geo farming is something I still believe to be a good investment in your business. Looking back at your real estate. Okay, real quick. Geo farming. What is it? Oh, good. Yes, please. It is when you pick a specific area and you consistently 
and repeatedly target that area. Yeah, with marketing. With marketing. Correct. So that you become the area expert. And when people think of selling or buying there, they want to think of you. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's Looking, like your turf. Yes. <laughs> like, like, that's yes. my turf. Looking back on your career, have you ever geofarmed? Successfully. Yes. You have? But only, only to the neighborhood I was living in. Yes, I think that makes Which sense. Which I think is the easiest thing you can do. But when I lived in Maplewood, which is ironically where you also lived, not at the same time. Um, Almost overlapping. Oh, really close. Because yeah. I was only there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very intentional about mailing postcards to the neighborhood. Okay. And I met a lot of my neighbors and I sold friends' houses in there. So... And I was there. So it was easy for me to have material to send. But when it started, I hadn't sold anything in there. So I would send postcards that said, here are the last four houses that sold in the neighborhood. Or here are the houses that are available in the neighborhood. Or just some general information Mm -hmm. to get them used to me being like the neighborhood agent. I feel like you've also sent like a letter or something. When I first moved into Maplewood, I hand wrote a letter, a short letter to every house. Just like, hey. But it was not necessarily successful because I didn't do anything after that. Well, and that is the problem. Yeah. You have to def geo farming is a thing that has to be done repeatedly. And I have some notes in here. I will get to them. It doesn't have to be done every week, Mm-mm. but like really consistent once a month, you know, more than once a year. Um, yeah. I, I've read and the article I was reading was so funny. It was like, Asking 10 people 10 times for business has better results than asking 100 people once. The biggest thing about farming is that quality is so much more important than quantity. Yeah. Even if you're targeting a neighborhood that has 400 houses, you need to be targeting maybe 100 that you consistently are able to write Send postcards, send invitations for open houses, Yep. whatever you need to do. Yeah, I think, let's back up. How would you, so that was the only time I really, and then I kind of micro did it because mm-hmm. every time I took a listing for a couple of years in my business, I would send a four-part postcard series to the hundred nearest addresses. Mm. So that was like geo-farming on steroids because I wouldn't stick with that neighborhood, but I would send four postcards per listing, which happened over the course of the, like, just listed, under contract, just sold, and then 30 days later, we need more inventory. How did you keep up with those timeframes? Did you use a program? No, I have it programmed into my actual workflows. Okay. So it's in my checklist. And in fact, in agent systems, there's still those postcard prompts are still in my workflows. Yes. So if someone opts to use that method, it's like, oh, hey, your house has gone under contract. Well, now I've got to send out that postcard. And a lot of people ask, well, in the current market, it goes under contract right away. That's okay. Send the just listed postcard, and then one day later, send the under contract postcard. Right, and then they postcard. get two from you in one right. week. Yeah, and then, you know, it takes typically 30 days to close. So then 30 days later, they get a postcard. Mm-hmm. And then after closing, you got to wait 30 days to do the we need more inventory. Because yes. then it just kind of spreads out and gives more time for them to percolate, right? Because mm-hmm. they maybe didn't know they were going to sell 60 days ago. Right. But... So that is the geofarming I have done. And I will tell you with great success. Now, geofarming and postcards to like a listing area or something like that. I spent $3,000 in one year. Okay. Doing the listing postcards. Okay. I don't take a bajillion listings, but, uh, you know, I did however many I took. 
I closed like $30,000 in commissions. Yeah. So, I mean, the return on investment is there, but again, consistency. Yeah, look how consistent you were with each one. should be super consistent. Now, I don't do it, but if I did, this is how I would change it. I would stop doing every single listing and Mm -hmm. only do the ones where I want to work again. Yes. Okay. So there were some neighborhoods that were super um, easy because turn was happening a lot. Like maybe they were a starter home type of neighborhood or whatever. Um, Okay. But we're going to back up. How do you choose an area or a neighborhood? Like how do you choose your geo farm? It's so funny because when I was researching for this episode, (laughs) I, I got to a point where I was like, I'm very thankful that I am at a point in my career where you don't have where to do I this. don't have to do a lot of this. But then I was like, well, but in a way, I kind of do. Yeah. Because for example, as I am busy, I don't want to be advertising in parishes that I don't work yeah. or in areas right. that I don't work or being more concentrated on your who my database, yeah. narrowing uh-huh. down my database, narrowing down areas and who I'm, t- who I'm really, who, who do I want? Yeah. And cutting out the fluff, which in its own way is farming. For sure. And you're so, even, you're farming within your database because it's gotten so large. You can yes, remove the I'm people. I'm needing to. Yeah. And, it, and it's hard because some people that bought in parishes far away, I really like. Yeah. And it's not that I don't want to help them anymore. But I don't necessarily want them giving my name and number out to all <laughs> to their, their neighbors. Yes, because I don't <laughs> to drive there no, to it's... market there. It is ex- it would be expensive for me to get there. Yeah, and time, time consuming. consuming. I read something that said when you're an agent, depending on what stage of your career you are in, mm-hmm. you usually either have time or money. But never both. Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> true. So maybe when you're new, you're like, I don't have any money, but I have a lot of time. Oh, a lot of time. I have a lot of time. And then you get to where you're, you have the consistent business and you have maybe the money component, but you really have to guard your time yeah. and figure out, am I still being a good wife, mother, friend, right, daughter? Right. Am I still able to do what I need to do? And am mm-hmm. I working smart? That makes sense. Yes. And so I, I was like, wow. And it kind of shifts, you know, yeah, when your shifts. money, it's funny because when business slows down and the money slows down, you have time. You're like, oh, look at oh, this. Oh, I need to work on this. Mm-hmm. So it was something good to think about. So originally when I was thinking about this episode, my immediate thing when I hear about farming is postcards, door knocking, cold calling and whatnot. Yeah. But it really is a lot more than that. For sure. And so another thing I was thinking about, too, was it's not just about targeting a subdivision right. or an area. Okay. I, w- I have, like, a friend that targets estate sales. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or okay. a school. Right. Right, right, right. So maybe you're farming a ki- your kid's school. Yeah. Because those are the people uh-huh. that you want. Maybe it's not always just the area mm-hmm. but the people so if your kids go to this school mm-hmm. you want to be the parent that is at the event yes that's volunteering yes. yes um maybe figuring out to get some of the parents on a subdivision newsletter once a month for their specific subdivision uh when i first started i farmed a group i was in yeah my broker had told me to join a group mm-hmm. and so i did i picked one and I became the secretary for that group. So at every meeting, I took notes and was responsible for 
emailing them out. You're like, to I got the all 80 members. These emails. Yes, we had 80 members, and I got a directory mm-hmm. with all 80 people. And then I hand wrote all 80 people a letter that said, Hey, I'm new to the group. I would love to meet you at the next luncheon. Here's my business card. And people came up to you after that. Yes, they were so excited and impressed. So you really can think outside of the box and you don't have to feel as cringeworthy as I first felt when I thought about farming. Well, and you can geofarm without doing anything that makes you feel that way. Yes. So you don't have to door knock and you do not have to cold call because nobody can tell me they're afraid to send a mailer. Mm -hmm. It's not, you're not even there. If they laugh at you and throw in the trash, you'll never know. Right. You'll never know. Um, Oh my God. I have to tell this story real quick. I was watching last night. um, I love you, man with Paul Rudd. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And his friend borrows $8,000. He's a real estate agent. Remember he's (laughs) selling the Hulk's house, Lou Ferrigno's house. (laughs) And and his friend asked him to borrow $8,000 and he puts up all these billboards of him in like Los Angeles where he works. And it's like licensed to sell. And he's like posed like James Bond. And then it's like, Um, some clever thing and he's got like, he's holding tacos and he's got like this big mustache. Like he made all these billboards about the guy and he was so embarrassed. And then he was like, and then his phone was ringing off the hook. (laughs) They were like, like, oh, we we like you. They were like, we love these billboards. They were so funny and we want to work with you. And I just think that's funny, y'all, because stuff like that, (laughs) you don't know if someone's laughing at you or if they think it's like, oh, that was great. That's helpful. So you just move on. It doesn't matter. Um, okay, but when you pick your, your geo farm, if you're going geographically, you can pick where you live. Ideally, mm-hmm. you want to be where you know things, right? Um, but also, uh, in the article I read, they said to check turnover for, yes. the, for the area, okay? Because why waste your time on maybe an older established neighborhood where people don't move very frequently? The way you can check turnover is to find the number of houses that sold in the last year. Okay. And divide it by the total number of houses in the neighborhood. Okay. Now, that's a little harder to figure out, but you can pull tax records and see mm-hmm. um, how many houses are in the neighborhood. And that they they recommended that a good turnover would be 6%. At least. In one year. So if there's a 6% turnover in the neighborhood, um, that would be a good place to start. It, so if there were 30 home sales in uh-huh. the last year mm-hmm. and the neighborhood had about 300 homes, mm-hmm. you're looking at a 10%. That would be great. So that would be perfect. That would be great because you don't want to spend all of your time and money marketing to some area where people are not moving. Right. What's the point? And they were saying too that luxury homes People stay longer because it's more of their quote That's unquote their forever, forever home. home. I want to do a whole so episode. So being on that. a lot more mindful, I know that would be a good episode. Being a lot more mindful of who is it smart for me to invest here? Is it worth my time? Right. Is it worth right. my that money? That was some of the other tips they said. Don't necessarily target luxury. Oh, I want to work in this neighborhood because it's so high end. They also said try to figure out if someone else is targeting that market. Mm-hmm. If you drive through a neighborhood and every park bench has Mr. Smith's, the realtor's picture on it, and every billboard has Mr. Smith, and every person, you find someone that lives there, and Mr. Smith sends a mailer every single week, mm-hmm. maybe try a different neighborhood. There are certain subdivisions that I know this agent works there. Is that subdivision? Yeah, it's their turf. Right. Get off my turf. Yes. <laughs> and it's not that you can't be there, but just you're going to have to be real outside of the box to compete with someone else doing the same thing. Yes. And like where we are, there's plenty of neighborhoods. I had to joke when um, I lived in Maplewood because I said I go I live in the subdivision of realtors. It's so many because it wasn't a huge subdivision. No, I think really there not. was like just under a hundred homes. Yeah, there was like eighty something. Um, I feel like 
112. Oh, really? Yeah. When I handwrote my letters, it wasn't that They many, weren't all there because they, were they weren't all built. built. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but yes, uh, there were so many agents that lived there, so and it's not many. a huge Still subdivision. Do. But what do you, but doing what you do, because here's the thing even if somebody else is there, that doesn't mean they're doing what you're doing if you right. are doing it consistently. Uh, look, we have many episodes on consistency. Y'all, it's not easy to stand out as an agent doing things that you think everyone else is doing because they don't take the time to do them. Mm-hmm. So there are not a lot of agents that geofarm anymore. There aren't. And the biggest thing, I know we've we've said you have to do it more than once. Yeah. But give it a good, I would say, year or two for farming. Um, my my note said, get ready to commit to a long-term relationship. Yes. I mean, really, at least a year. Mm-hmm. At least a year. And maybe if it works within the year, then you just keep going, right? Right. You, only, you just keep doing you it. You probably only need one sale in that neighborhood to recoup any marketing expense. Okay. So that's a big thing too. How you said you, once you had a listing, if it was an area that you liked, you did your postcard yeah. series. Nothing says credibility more than a note that says, I just sold your neighbor's house. Right. We had a lot of buyers that were yeah. interested in that house and I'm looking for more inventory. Yeah. Are you looking to sell? Mm-hmm. Because now you have instant credibility. Hopefully these neighbors saw your sign for a while while you were under contract. Right. right. And that's, y'all, I don't know if you're aware of this method. So there's two camps about putting a pending sign on your listing. Um, if it is in a market that you want to geofarm and you got it under contract very quickly, put the dang pending sign on it. If it's in an area where you're trying to recruit or, I guess, um, get buyer leads, then maybe you don't put the pending sign on it, right? right. But in your geofarm, if you've picked a pretty small area and you have a listing there, you want those people to drive by and be like, dang, it's already under contract. Mm-hmm. Or there's an open house, you know, every couple of weeks or whatever. Make it, those people are driving by your listing. That's where you want to work. Then you have to make it look like you're doing a good job. An agent in my office said one of her goals for this year was to get at, was to convert at least one sign call per listing. That should be a goal for everyone every year, all the time. And that could be, she said sign call, but that could be, I'm going to hold it open. Yeah. And people are like, well, houses go pending so quickly now. But I'm telling you that first weekend, yeah. if you need buyers, even if it's already pending, show up at that open house of your listing, have some other information yeah. that you can give them, be face to face with all of these people that are going to these open houses, explain to them hey, this is how I find new listings. I might be able to try to find things before they hit the market. Here are some other houses in the area. Really sell them on why they need a realtor, a professional to help them in this crazy market. So even if a house is pending, I still think it's perfectly fine to do do an open house. Well, you can also be more strategic and maybe you list it on Thursday or Friday Mm -hmm. and say or don't say or say once you get offers, offers are going to be reviewed Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. And also tell your seller, hey, I'm going to make this easy on you. We're going to do a three hour open house on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a ton of showings anyway. Let's pull them up as much as we can so you can get out of here and I'll handle it. And then we'll have offers by the end of the week and be done. Great. Like, why can't you do that? You, can. you totally can. Mm-hmm. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. What do we mention almost every episode? 
email templates. You're right. We sure do. <laughs> and after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have <laughs> copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I sure. have never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What? You can get all of our email templates from our course, Email Templates 101. Tell the people about it. Our course has all of the email templates you would need to send to your buyers and your sellers and your clients that are buying and selling at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> to get through every step of the transaction and giving them information that they need for where they are in the transaction. It's great because you never forget to tell them something. Yes, and we've already done all the work for you. Yeah. We wrote them and yeah. you can personalize them. Yes. And just feel organized knowing that you have all the information where it needs to be. And if you purchase Email Templates 101, you do get lifetime access. So occasionally we like to go in and make updates based on the market or if we find a new best practice. So we put that right into the template and you get that updated straight away. It just goes straight to your course. Yep. Right, it's, it's just there. It's, it's just already there. in there. It's just already there. in there. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll That's send wonderful. you an email and we'll say updated. That's great. Where can they find these email templates? You can find the email templates at email templates with an s 101.com email templates 101.com yes head over for reviews and all of the specifics wonderful okay enjoy um i i did have a note about if you decide to geofarm in your neighborhood where you live well first of all you want to participate in the hoa we've said this before like be Work, do something, be on the event committee or do whatever, um, or or host events yourself. Like, hey, I would love to host an event for the neighborhood. Not like the neighborhood has to pay for it. I'm going to do a popsicle drop off to everybody's house or whatever. That's cute. Um, it's something cute, right? And then make sure you're in the Facebook group for your neighborhood. They all have one. Mm -hmm. They all have one. And then if someone's in there and says, I'm looking for a handyman, you pop in and be like, I have a handyman handy that man. helps me with my real estate Thank stuff. Thank you. Right. Okay. <laughs> but the other thing I read that did make some sense, do be mindful. There will be some neighbors who do not want to work with you because it's a little too close. Yes. Like they feel uncomfortable with you knowing their business or for whatever reason. So you can't. You can't win everybody. You cannot and you cannot take that personal. No, you cannot take that personal. So I just thought that was an interesting uh, piece of information about, yes, maybe pick your neighborhood or somewhere nearby, but not everyone's going to work with the neighborhood realtor. One of my friends was a new agent and she was renting in an apartment complex and kind of felt like she couldn't help home buyer, like do a home buyer seminar if she herself was not a home buyer. Okay. But what she decided to do was target her apartment complex. Yeah. And she rented out the little clubhouse in the apartment building and had a, home buying happy hour. That's cute. And several people stop by after work, you know, just come by on your way. It won't take long. Yeah. And she just, she had a lender that partnered with her Love to it. be there to answer questions. Mm -hmm. And she, the lender had her computer out and was like, well, just tell me what monthly note you feel comfortable in. Okay. Do you have a, how much savings? Zero, 5%, 10%, you know, what kind of pro? Okay. Well, this would be your monthly note and this would be your budget. If and they you, were like, what? wow. Wow. So it could be yeah. very simple. And even if you are renting, you still have opportunity where you are mm -hmm. um, to, to make a difference. And, but the, again, you need to follow up with all these people. You yeah. can't just do it once. Maybe that's something that you do monthly right. for a whole year and then evaluate 
how is it going? Is it actually making a difference and is it worth my time? Yeah, and that type of system is great to partner with the lender because they're going to be willing to pay maybe half of that, mm -hmm. you know, marketing expense because that's going to get them business. Sure. Because then you're for sure targeting buyers, not just, you know, listings. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think that it is also key that you want to um, support local business. So once you have picked your geo farm, wherever location you're going to, you know, focus in on, be, be familiar and support the local businesses. So think about it. What are the nearby shops or boutiques or restaurants? How about a tailor or a dry cleaner or a dentist or the grocery store? Like what, what's around there? Mm -hmm. Now go make friends with the owners of those things Show, or at least share their posts on social media or go see if the grocery store wants to give you like a new home buyer coupon or yeah. like there's so many things you could do by partnering with the businesses close to your geo farm because it's good for them too. Why wouldn't the restaurant in that area give you a handful of takeout menus to add to your, you know, mark? You could just m literally mail takeout menus. Yeah. Hey, you know, neighborhood reels are here. Just thought you might need the latest takeout menu for XYZ Chinese around the corner. It's so good. My favorite thing is cashew chicken. And then like be be a resource and be familiar and, and be supportive of those businesses. But also, I've done this before, tag those businesses when you take a listing in those areas. Mm. So you post your listing in your area. You want a geo farm. Yeah, you finally got a listing, right? Now tag all the nearby businesses and say, buyers, you will get to enjoy this boutique and this restaurant and this grocery store and you're gonna have to come see it. They respond. I love that. They always respond. I even had one restaurant respond and be like, yeah, we'll give your new buyers a, a free meal. I was like, oh, it's so nice. That is good. But it, you have to, you have to be an expert and you have to share your knowledge. And the easiest way to be an expert is just know the area, mm -hmm. right? It's just not that hard and it's fun. I'm just brainstorming because I'm like, these are all such good ideas. <laughs> You're like, what do I want to do? Well, also I'm thinking like right now I'm super low on listings and instead of saying, if you're looking to buy or buy in this area, you would say, I just listed a house in this area. If you have a house you need to sell in this area, yeah. like just changing your wording a little bit right. about what you're looking for right. in a client. Like right now, my buyers are kind of stagnant because we don't have much, but targeting listings and changing how you're wording mm -hmm. what you're doing could be right. crucial. And there's so many ways to be an expert in your area and you don't have to hone in on a real tight area. I'm going to tell you a story. So, you know, your friend, Rachel, who's in yeah, Houston. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Rachel reached out on a Facebook message and I don't remember what we were talking about. But she asked a question about she has a lot of buyers that are moving to the area from out of state. They don't know the suburbs. And in Houston, the suburbs surround the whole city. Mm -hmm. They're all incredibly different and they're all really far apart. Like yeah. if you were looking at the, uh, you know, the woodlands is totally different than Katy, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, they're all different. And I'm like, you know, it's really interesting. Why don't you become the suburbs expert? Because mm. they, she said, they'll ask me, well, which one should I? I'm like, why can't you make a like make a presentation or a packet or social media content that says, not sure which suburb of Houston you want to be in? This happens here. This happens here. This is what this is known for. This is what amenities you get in this I one. I love that. This is the schools here. Like there are so many, and that's not even that's kind of farming in a in a sort of weird reverse because it's a big area. Mm -hmm. But you could be that expert, and maybe you only work one of them, 
And you have an agent partner and all the others. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, you've decided that Katie's for you. Well, here's my Katie agent. Enjoy. 25% referral fee. <laughs> like, Having a tab on your website, that's like a drop down tab. It could just say suburbs. And then it's the, all the suburbs. And you click on one. Yeah. And there's all the information on that yeah. suburb. We've talked before about the agent in my office that did the local parks mm-hmm. and she brought yes. her kids to yes. the local parks. So on her website, there is a parks tab right. and you can click on it and there's a video of her kids playing at this park. What's age, what age appropriate park it was, where it's located, what it's close to. Yeah. Like you can make a guidebook of your area with coupons or info or whatever menus, like in a book, mm-hmm. book form, be like, I am the whatever zip code I am this zip code agent. Yeah. And I'm going to give you all the info you need to live in this zip code. Mm -hmm. Can you even imagine? No. Nobody does that. Nobody. And the reason I think is because it takes effort to get it all together. Mm -hmm. And, but it's really, it's also one of those things where I think done is better than perfect. Oh my gosh. Just talking to you right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be so good. This would be so good. But how do I even get started? It seems like it would be a lot of effort to make, but really if you just... It would not take that it's long not, if you just got it together real not. quick. And I think the the cost may be a little daunting for someone with a low budget for marketing. And I, when I was reading that article in Inman, it was saying that the targeting 500 homes was their recommendation, but mm-hmm. you could certainly target less. And they said, again, the frequency of the contact is more important than the size of the area. So yeah. if 500 mailings is not in your budget every mm-hmm. month, but you can do, but again, partner with a lender yeah. or a title company or at the friggin' restaurant around the corner and co-brand whatever it is that you're sending. But 500 homes is what they recommended. But you can pick however many you want. Like again, Maplewood, that was only a hundred houses. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, and when I do each, like an individual listing, I would just pick a hundred houses. I wouldn't yeah. pick the whole neighborhood. Um, so that's, Oh, but when you're talking about it being hard and like, what do you do? Like, it just feels like a lot to get started. Here's a hot tip. Just keep super consistent branding. Mm -hmm. So no, don't go hire a graphic designer and have (laughs) to change your colors. Just pick a color. I don't care. Blue. Every time you send the mail out, it's the blue postcard. All of my postcards look exactly the same. That's what I liked about yours. Exactly They the looked same. really good. The reason for that is that when people receive it, don't be a fool. They probably receive other real estate postcards from yes. time to time. When they receive yours, they're like, oh, I remember seeing this last month. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember seeing this just listed. Now it's under contract. Make them look the same. Also, it saves you a ton of time. Mm-hmm. You go onto Canva, you make a series of four postcards, they look the same, and then you get a new listing, you just pop the new photo in. Done. This does not have to be complicated. Mm-mm. Oh, I know what else about the just sold I read. They said when you do a just sold postcard to give specific details about what you did. Mm. So not just just sold this price, this price per square foot, be like, This seller needed to sell quickly to move out of state for their job. And we were able to lock down five offers in, you know, 48 hours or details. Right. Something detailed that says what you did or or, I provided all the staging, you know, decor for them to get the house looking great before it was listed. What? Whatever it was. Yeah. Just give them some more, not just a some big background. Old, yeah, not just a big old just sold. Well, what did you do? Why do I yeah, care? Like, yeah. it's easy to sell in this neighborhood or this market. Right, or why whatever. do I need you? I don't need you. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a good tip. That is a good tip. 
one of the things that I saw that I thought was good was when you're targeting your neighbor na- or a new neighborhood, if you're new to a neighborhood or you're just picking a neighborhood that you want, sending a letter that okay. introduces yourself. Right. And also letting them know that you love their neighborhood. Okay. And you want to hear from them on why they love the neighborhood. Oh, that's a good idea. Like you're you're not really asking them for money or business. You're right. just saying, hey, I'm accumulating some data right. to bring good buyers to your area. Do you have something specific about the history mm-hmm. of the neighborhood or things that you like to do? Um, you know, neighbors always know the most about a subdivision. Oh, yeah. And then you could even add that to your website tab, almost like reviews. Yeah. Subdivision reviews from neighbors that live so there. So good. And then they're excited about, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you about this park or yeah. the location. Right. And so reaching out and asking that. You know I actually how you could get those? How? At an open house. Oh, yeah. Hey, are you a neighbor? I'm looking for reviews on the area. <laughs> that is good. That would be so easy. I did find a draft um, farming letter. Oh, okay. By a, a lady named Carolyn Lowe. Hey, Carolyn. I don't know who Carolyn Shout is. Shout out. But I read several, and it is a little lengthy, but you could take from it what you want. Okay. Dear homeowner. I'd like to introduce myself and let you know I will be in your neighborhood for an open house and would love to meet you. My name is Alyssa, and I'm a real estate professional associated with Ladder and Bloom. For the longest time, I have personally admired your neighborhood. Oh, I like it. Also, you may be interested to know that our office gets inquiries from buyers about homes just like yours. We have very fluctuating inventory right now, and I've made it my top priority to be your subdivision expert. Oh, it's always gratifying to match qualified buyers with willing sellers. To give you confidence in my expertise, I've analyzed the real estate data for several years and I'm knowledgeable about the important attractions to your area. Of course, individual homeowners have made improvements and can share fun stories about the community history and why they love living here. I've made it easier for you to keep up with the local real estate news in your subdivision by going to my Facebook page and liking it. Oh, okay. I thought that was cool. Like a little call to action yes, in there. Yes, that's always good. Um, if you have considered selling or would just like to spend a few minutes getting acquainted, I'd love to hear from you. Relationships are the favorite part of my job. When it's time to make a move, I'd love to be the call you make. Don't email us asking for that. You can just rewind. <laughs> just rewind. You can just rewind the podcast and write that down. Oh, my God. But I thought that you could take one, a part of that. Right. Or sections of it uh-huh. and make it your own. A few things lately that you could start off with. I know we already mentioned the one about I just sold your neighbor's home down the street. Um, I have. Okay. So this was one I was actually thinking about doing because it's a true story. <laughs> I have a buyer who is watching a specific neighborhood, Mm -hmm. and we did just lose on multiple offers. Oh, man. So what better than a postcard to say, my buyer just lost? Hey, I have a buyer who loves your neighborhood, and Mm -hmm. we just lost out on a multiple offer situation. She's devastated. I'm trying everything I can to help her find her dream home. If you have a home in this neighborhood up to 260, Mm -hmm. we would love to hear from you if you're looking to sell. Great. Then it's very specific, and it's not... Um, a blanket right. policy that people just talk. Give me your they, listing. Right, right. You need to sell your home. Call I will me. sell it for you. Um, so I thought that was a good one. And then I actually last week mailed. So there's a big subdivision that I have a particular buyer that is watching. Okay. There are hundreds and hundreds of homes in this neighborhood, okay. but all shapes and sizes. Okay. So I went into our, so our MLS does have a public records 
database, okay. if you will. But I went into MLS and I narrowed it down to the square footage that she needs. Mm-hmm. And then I narrowed it down to price point. Of, you're looking at past sales. Um, or just like I just I basically excluded like the really expensive ones. Okay, and then I also exclude well by size yeah. the smaller ones. It just right. I didn't want the teeny tiny ones, so I excluded the ones that I knew would be out of the price range. Okay, so if you paid a million dollars a year ago, you're gonna want more than that now. So I'm not writing to you because uh, okay, how far back did you go? I did the whole neighborhood. I know, but I mean, like, were you pulling a certain time frame? No. So I'm I'm lost. Help okay. Me. In our MLS, you can go to public records okay. as the whole subdivision. Got it. And it says, here is every house uh-huh. in here. I said, okay, well, I only want the houses that are this big. Okay. And it was still kind of a lot okay. of options. I was like, that's still a little more postcards. And so then I said, I don't want anything that has ever sold for over a million dollars. Okay. And so then it brought me to 123. Got it. So I mailed 123 postcards to specific houses that are the size that we need and should be somewhat in the price point that we need. Perfect. Okay, makes sense. And I said, I have a buyer who is looking for a house with four bedrooms, an extra office space would be great, max budget, 800. If you, if this is you and you're interested in selling or if your neighbors are, please let me know. We are desperately trying to find something. But I feel like having a specific need like that mm-hmm. is like, oh, wow. So my plan is in in another week or two to send, send another, another one. one. And, and at the top, I'm going to say, me again. Hey. <laughs> we are still looking Do you for me? this. Just to hit them again, because maybe they, yeah. they thought about it, but then, you know, life gets busy. Right. So maybe I'll do that two or three or, times. Or, or maybe between then and now and then, they something happened. Yeah. Maybe something bad happened. Okay. <laughs> I am dying, because when you just said that, it reminded me. I have a client, my client. Okay. I sold him his house. About a week ago, he sends me a text message, and he says, <clears throat> he sends a screenshot of a letter he received in the mail oh. from a real estate agent, and he says to me, is the market really this dry? <laughs> let me let me read to you though this geo farming letter okay. of what not to do. Okay. Okay. From we've got, you know, letterhead, the person's name, the realtor's name, and then it says, "Dear Mr. my client, would you be interested in selling your home at address in blank neighborhood to a client of mine? If so, please call me at this." That's it. That's it. Okay. What a waste of postage. There is not even a photo or any color on this. Wow. Interesting. I, and and so he was like, also, when you open that, do you think, yes. yeah, I'm going to call you, but it just, look, you're like, is this garbage? Right, or what is right, this? right. He was like, is the market really this dry? And I said, yeah, it, it really is. And he says, hmm, wonder what I could get, a million dollars for the record, the neighborhood he lives in is worth, at best, 350 400 Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, no, not likely. That was the end of our text conversation. <laughs> but I thought, okay, you guys, don't just set, like, give it some freaking thought. Yeah. Uh, my buyer needs to be in your neighborhood with a four bedroom. Right. Like, my buyer needs this price point. Not just, I have a buyer for your neighborhood. You're going to, you want to sell? Right. Give me a call. Call Thanks. me. Do you get letters to your house? 
Um, I haven't in a long time, but I've gotten some text messages lately, and I'm like, mm. what's this? That's interesting. Do you I want to sell get your letters house? to my house, but I get letters to my house for my Tennessee cabin. Mm. Something they must have a really good system in Tennessee for doing mail outs because oh, I get, get a lot of them. Tons. Really? I get. I get agents wanting to list it. I get buyers wanting to buy it. I get management companies wanting to oh, be my property well, manager. I mean, I'm getting tons of They're letters. Like, so what? I'm like, my information must be very accessible in Tennessee. Yeah. I feel so here in Louisiana, our clerk of court and public records still isn't 100% virtual right. online. Right. We still have brick and mortar buildings. Um, but in other states, I know that there are to find information on certain houses or if there's a house that looks like it's in distress and you want to check and see are they behind on their mortgage or what's going on here, you can use public records, you can use your MLS. And then also I heard about a company called Remind. Oh. It's supposed to be very up to date. It pulls from a lot of different credit bureaus. I haven't used it personally, but when I was researching, it kept coming up and coming up Okay, that it's one of the um, directories that people are using to get information for farming. I like it. Um, I will say you need to stand out. Uh, someone on my social media posted, they were sending a postcard to farm. It was so cute. It was like this really funny picture of like this, I don't know, French bulldog with like a cape on or something. Yeah, Like y'all, you're going to have to stand out. You're not going to be the only one doing this although you might be, and you don't want to just, most people open their mail over a trash can, mm -hmm. which is fine. It's okay That's if exactly they throw. That's exactly what I do. Yeah, <laughs> and it is okay if they throw away your postcard, but you want them to at least read it first, okay? Right. Or see that it's blue. So just read and right. see the dog. Oh, and this... then in a week, and they see the dog again, right. they're like, wait, this dog keeps this showing girl, up in my she's life. she's relentless. Yeah. Um, I always laugh because um, my parents live in the same neighborhood with me now, and when you ask me if I've gotten mailers, I'm like, I haven't, but Agents are not dumb. They know when you're an agent. And mm -hmm. like I even I would remove agents off of my farming list. Yeah. Right. Well, my parents would sometimes get postcards because yeah. they're not agents. Right. And so they would have them at the house and I would laugh and be like, well, I didn't get this postcard around the corner, but it's because I'm an agent. And then I would look at them and be like, what? No value. No value. If mm -hmm. you're going to send a postcard, tell them something else that they don't know. How many days on the market have listings been there? Or like how many offers did a house? Why couldn't you call the agent that sold the house in a neighborhood you want to farm and say, hey, Alyssa, I see you just closed on whatever. That's so awesome. How did it go? How many offers did you get? Oh, I got 10 offers. Really? That's wow. crazy. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. You know, whatever. Can you tell me anything else? That really is all you need. Yeah. And you could send a postcard that says your neighbor's house at blah, blah, blah sold after 10 offers and one day on the market. Hmm. That's not information you can just go find online. Right. Nobody knows how many offers there were. Suddenly you are a resource. Yeah. Like, oh, you I know like a that. lot about this neighborhood. Hmm. So you have to have some some good information there. Um, okay, there's one last thing I want to talk about. Okay. Oh, well, two things. One, remember if you're picking a neighborhood, we've talked about orphan neighborhoods recently. It came up again when I was looking at this article, and it recommended uh, neighborhoods that were built seven to ten years ago. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, I think three to five. Also, I think anywhere three to ten-year-old neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Okay, and their point was in a seven to ten-year-old neighborhood, a lot of those people are probably still the original owner. Mm -hmm. I think three to five on a small like starter home is probably more appropriate because they're going to be ready to go. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But seven to ten, that's fine. Most of them are still original owners, and so when you 
start and seven to 10 years is the normal turn for someone in their house. When you start mailing to those people, there's just a higher likelihood that they're going to sell. Right. So I'm catching them at the right time. So again, those are good. Um, And someone did message us after we mentioned this last time and say, well, how do you find the neighborhood? I'm like, well, you just go to the MLS and put in the age of the, you know, seven to 10 years old and Mm -hmm. see what comes up. You're going to see how many sales are happening, which, which subdivision name is repeating in the area that you want, right? Yeah. Pick the area. Yeah. Type in the age and Uh see what subdivision. Pick a couple of zip codes or whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. What else you got? That's pretty much it. I did see that the top three things for people moving, all three are sad things. Oh God. But debt, 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 death, and divorce. divorce. All, yep. the D's. <laughs> All the D's. <laughs> debt, death, and divorce. Now, there are some dun, happy dun, situations, dun. too, like needing a bigger home yeah. or whatever. But um, that is why people are looking at succession. Like, people really target the newspaper and mm-hmm. read that and check out houses there or public records. Oh, um yeah, but I read that people do farm those things. It just yeah, kind of depends. You what could your also niche partner is. with a divorce attorney. Yes, or you know, an right. estate attorney. Yes. Anyway, oh my gosh. Okay, I have one more. Okay. Do you not? Because we're kind of talking about this in a hard mailer sort of situation. Yeah, or, we have been talking about mail a lot. Uh, yeah, you don't <laughs> have to mail. You can make this happen, especially until you have a marketing budget for mail via social media because mm-hmm. obviously your your um, audience is even greater that way because you can afford to talk to everybody mm-hmm. right but here are the things you have to do if you're using social media as your geo farm use hashtags research the hashtags in your area use the appropriate hashtags also make sure to tag businesses and locations mm-hmm. if you go and take a picture of the entrance to a neighborhood tag the location tag the local business, make sure that you are going to be discoverable on your social media by someone who maybe is searching that location. Yeah. So just be mindful that when you're sharing them, it's not just you talking about whatever neighborhood. You got to tag it. You got to hashtag it. You got to put the location thing on it. Do all the pieces. Mm-hmm. And that'll make a difference. You can't just do a, a normal post that doesn't no. attract anybody. And if you're a little nervous about rolling into the local restaurant and talking to the owner, I mean, I would be nervous about that. Start talking to whoever's running their social media. That's a good idea. It's likely the owner. But, mm-hmm. hey, I, I came in yesterday and had a great bowl of pasta. Love this photo. Love this special. Whatever it is. Oh, can I? do you mind if I share this picture on my feed? They would love that. They would love it. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. Yeah. So easy. Okay. That's all So I it's have. not just about door knocking. No. <laughs> no, you can do this all online. We can do everything online these days. And we didn't really touch on open houses, but we did in the um, being local and we have the open house episode that you should go oh, listen to. Oh, yeah, it'll tell to. you everything on but how to do yes, it. But yes, it really makes for an effective open house and getting your face out there in that neighborhood. Even if it's not your listing, asking if you can hold an open house. Mm-hmm. I always have agents asking if they can hold listings open, not as much lately because they sell. But you can still target other listings if you don't have your own and offer to do open houses for them. Well, and I think that because this is a long-term play and kind of a consistency thing, there's no reason not to start this now. And then as the market shifts and Mm -hmm. it isn't so hot, there is going to come a time when they're like, oh, well, you've been around and and trying to get my business for years. Yeah. Now's your time. Now when we really need an agent, when things are not crazy, maybe I call you. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, because remember, remember <laughs> the story of the <laughs> the listing that you thought you were taking that I yeah that you got that, that I yes. took in my it was because she had my postcards. That is so. Funny. I had never I lost a listing because, because of your postcards. because of my postcards because I had never talked to that person before. That's amazing. And I wasn't the person who sold her the house either, which for the record, she also thought she was going to get that listing. Yeah. So there was a lot of... <laughs> a lot of people that swirling thought, oh, around yeah. that house. But she called me because of the postcard. And she had held on to it for like over a year. Wow. She had just slipped it into her notebook or whatever. So hmm. I'm like, hmm, exactly. Hmm. hmm. It works, people. I have actual data to prove it. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready for a toast? I'm ready. This toast comes to us from Jenny McCaslin. She actually made this toast during our King Cake giveaway. Oh. Right? So she's toasting her whole office. She says, I recently moved brokerages to White Label Realty in Waco, Texas. Oh, that sounds cute. I know. Isn't that cute? And want to shout out to the amazing ladies and men that have welcomed me into the brokerage, cheered me on, and helped me to find my groove with real estate. She says, the whole brokerage embodies community over competition and is led by our amazing broker, Amber Brown, that pushes us to be a community. Oh, I love that. So cheers to Amber and all the people at the White Label Realty in Waco, Texas. That's a really cute name. I know. And their their marketing's really cute. It's just cute. Cute, cute, cute. So thank you, Jenny. And cheers to you guys. Cheers. Hey, y'all go out there and, and be local and farm those people. Yeah. And go look at our picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With our pitchfork. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.